Hello, and welcome to the Tarot to Go radio podcast. I'm Anastasia Hazler. Here with me today, my very special guest, Lisa Ruffalo. Welcome, Lisa. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you for making some time on a Saturday to chat with us. Hopefully, we're more interesting than the laundry. Uh, very much so. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so just for those of you who are wondering, um, Rose Red and Andrew have other obligations and won't be joining us this morning. So I get to have a one-on-one conversation with Lisa, and I am delighted about that. So you have so many different tarot activities and projects and things going on. Um, For those who aren't familiar with Lisa, um, you've probably heard her um, Tarot Connections podcast um, and her fabulous Tarot Connections shop, which features wonderful things like Marble Place's Alchemical Tarot and Ellen Lorenzi Prince's Tarot of the Crone, as well as your own decks. Where would you like to start? Well, I don't know. Um, So... I took a big hiatus mm-hmm. because my job was just absolutely killing me. Oh, okay. And so things were up in the air whether I was going to just like throw in the towel mm-hmm. together. But in part, bats made me feel like I understood why I wanted to continue to do it. Right. It's because I can do things that the big publishers can't mm-hmm. and won't. Mm-hmm. And there's and I think the people want and need some of that. A- absolutely. And so my big focus is really going to be on... Um, I, I really like the educational aspect. Mm-hmm. I only have one of them produced, but I did a teleclass with Robert Place, mm-hmm. and then we packaged it up on an MP3 CD with a fabulous handout and then a four-hour class that was edited down. on the. And this one's The Symbolism of Alchemy. Mm-hmm. And so I've, we did probably eight classes like that that mm-hmm. I have the raw audio mm-hmm. and, and pretty good notes for. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be my big focus because that – out of it, out of anything that I've done, that's there's less of that in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. No, oh, that's terrific. I love that idea. And then I'm hoping you know to do other classes with other people because most people who've been reading for any amount of time have something really unique that they do mm-hmm. that other people would benefit from learning, mm-hmm. including me. <laughs> I learn the most from whatever I produce. Uh-huh. Like that. Oh, that's fantastic! What a great idea, particularly with technology. You know, so far removed from where it was 10 years ago. Oh, that is out. I, I remember, you know, it's like 10 years ago, I was like, ooh, there's this interweb thing and I can email things to people. And now it's like, yeah, it, you know, I mean, my iPhone has more computing power than my first computer did. Oh, without a doubt. I remember in college when we would get on the mainframe and I could basically text chat with my friend at Bryn Mawr. Mm-hmm. And it was just like so magical because she was almost in the room with me. Yeah, and yet, you know, thousands of miles apart. It's like, right. wow. And now we just kind of take it for granted. I can do that on my phone. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah. so the dream of doing these classes are not everybody is as lucky as we are mm-hmm. and get to go to something like BATS and meet Rachel Pollock and Mary Greer. Right. And, you know, Robert Place or whomever. Mm-hmm. And some people are pretty isolated in weird areas of the United States or mm-hmm. around the world. Oh, yeah. For that matter. You know, the Australian Outback. There's not a big tarot community. Right. And then it would allow, allow you to almost be there, mm-hmm. and, you know, get, get information. Mm-hmm. And I think that <laughs> you're a podcaster, too. There's something magical that comes across in voice that mm-hmm. doesn't come across any other way. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it also, because you can read something. But unless you read aloud, you don't really get the sound of it. And sometimes when you hear it, as opposed to just reading it, it, it hits your brain differently. You process it differently. And I also think it helps create kind of a more personal connection. Yeah. Um, even if you've never met people. Um, you, you probably get this a lot too, but you'll be at BATS or some kind of event. And people don't know you, but they'll come up and they can recognize your voice. 
Right, that really surprises me. <laughs> that happened in Portland in a class, uh -huh. taking a palmistry class. Oh, fun. And someone recognized my voice. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Yeah, and, you know, but then they say, oh, I love your podcast, and it's so great, and, you know, finally meet you, and I feel like I know you. It's like, this right. is kind of cool. I have, you know, thousands of friends all over the world. I just don't know they're there. Right. Uh, <laughs> so that's kind of fun. I like that part. Well, um, and, that's, and some people learn differently than mm -hmm. other people. You mm -hmm. know, some people are good visual learners. Some people are auditory learners. Mm -hmm. Some are more kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it just gives you another thing to try. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and also it's it's nice because, you know, when when you go to a class, you can listen and take notes and scribble on the handout and do the exercises or whatever. Um, but if you have it recorded, um, like with Dan Peltier's um, audiobook, The Process, um, I love it because you could just listen to that part again, and right. again and again and again. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 because I actually um, I I keep it on my laptop. And um, during my commute, sometimes I'll dial up a piece of it and go, huh, what was that exercise or what was he talking about there? Mm -hmm. um, just as kind of a refresher. And in, when you take a class, you can go back and look at your notes. But if you actually have the instructor talking in your ear again, <laughs> it's, it's a very different experience. Right. So I think that's a fantastic idea. And I'm looking forward to seeing those uh, becoming available. You also do, aside from doing all of this publishing and generating, you know, all kinds of content with your podcasts and these classes and things, um, you've also made two decks of your own. Right. Um, and they're both fantastic. Um, if people haven't seen them, I strongly suggest go to the website, check it out. Um, you will want them. Um, we, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, where you got the idea? So... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a culmination of ideas mm -hmm. coming together. Mm -hmm. When I was, I, I did some core shamanism training in oh, wow. Michael Harner's organization. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I studied with a woman in Eugene named Elida Birch. And mm -hmm. part of the exercise, one of the things that we did in her weekend classes was we were to develop a divination, uh, <laughs> we were in the class, we were supposed to develop a divination system. No and small tried, project. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was the only person in the in, in the group of like twenty that thought it was interesting at all. They were all like, "Oh, yeah. just wow. mortified by doing it." Uh -huh. And some of it, you know, some of the things we did were, and I've heard people describe it as like a trash reading, where you walk outside and look for a piece of trash. Mm -hmm. But I mean, we did it as you know, you ask yourself a question, you walk outside in the world, and whatever sound you hear. Oh wow! Like a form of divination. And then the other thing that we did is we walked around and for found objects for an mm -hmm. afternoon. And then we collected the found objects and then figured out divinatory meanings for it. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the pre preliminary. And then we, we were supposed to do shamanic journeying to, one, find an animal to work with, mm -hmm. and then develop a, a, a more blown-out system. Mm -hmm. And mine ended up being about color. Mm -hmm. And I started out with colored gemstones. Ooh. And it didn't, and it's really fun mm -hmm. to do. And I even went to, you know, getting gemstones for each of the major arcana. And, oh, wow. But there was always, it just wasn't quite enough uh -huh. for me. And I had this set of candles from Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> you take your inspiration where you find it. I'm telling you. And so I was arranging them around a centerpiece, seeing if I could do elements. And I, and I noticed that... It was almost, even with the kind of off color to the rainbow, that it almost, things were kind of almost lining up. Oh, wow. And so I thought there's something there. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I worked with it for a while and decided what I wanted to do was I wanted shapes 
of glass that I could fit to. And this, I'm sorry, this is really obtuse. <laughs> no, it's obscure. <laughs> and I wanted a geometric shape that would fit together in a certain way mm-hmm. that would you could see the color wheel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, this took me months and months. I'm drawing little pictures <laughs> on the computer and, you know, squares, triangles. And it ended up being... The, the diamond shape mm-hmm. of the kaleidoscope tarot mm-hmm. fit together right. And so with the, you know, 12 colors of the color wheel, mm-hmm. they all fit together. And when they're, when they're in the color wheel, you can see the way colors blend right. and are complementary to each other. Mm-hmm. But even that was just like, it's cool, but it wasn't quite there. <laughs> and then, then it occurred to me that you could actually, because of the Golden Dawn color system, mm-hmm. You could assign, assign a color and an astrological symbol, mm-hmm. and and that would and you could represent very clearly and very explicitly a tarot card. Ooh! And then you know by you then it was enough. The way they fit together, the colors. I could picture the tarot card. <laughs> I could do, actually do little mandala readings with them. Mm-hmm. And and I figured out how to make them using my glass kiln. Ooh. And so I um, cut them, cut them out. I have a Morton glass system. If anybody does stained glass, and <laughs> then I write on them with a special pen that when it goes into my kiln, they be- it becomes permanent. That is but so I would show cool. It to people and they would be happy enough with the readings, mm-hmm. but they had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> like that, they would see like a little red glass square. I mean. There would be a little red glass diamond with mm-hmm. an Aries symbol, and I'm like, that's the emperor. <laughs> They'd be like, okay. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and so I did the um, tarot of color just to to help people understand what I was talking about with the glass diamonds. Mm-hmm. Saying, okay, this glass diamond, which is red with, the em- with Aries on it, is the emperor and everything you could imagine that could be related to the emperor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I put on the cards were everything that I thought was applicable to divination from the Golden Dawn system. Wow. That's no small quantity of information there. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's just a little warped. You know, it isn't, you know, it isn't perfect, but, it, you know, but it's, it's a way to, in the one way that I can use it is doing a normal reading with a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. And then instead of looking things up in a book, if you're interested in the attributions, to pull out the cards, because mm-hmm. that's less disruptive than reading and flipping through pages. <laughs> and also, you know, the, the looking to the book doesn't necessarily inspire the client's confidence. No, not at all. <laughs> but, but but if they see like something written down on a card, mm-hmm. it looks like it's, it's fancy. Yeah, and and it's 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 authoritative. It's written down. Right. I didn't just make it up. You know, <laughs> it's written in a fancy. Actually, the the font is called Carmella, mm-hmm. and so a fancy vampire script. I like, gotta believe it. Fun. Wow. No, it's 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 a great system, and I I am impressed at how much work you put into it. Um, and the whole, well, it needs more, it needs more, it needs more. Um, that, that kind of persistence and the kind of reinventing it until it's where you wanted it to be. Yeah, I mean, it's over a course of years and kind of fiddling. <laughs> well, you know, nothing's ever really done. Right. It just finally gets released. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, because I look at some of my projects and go, no, I want to change that. I want to do that. And, you know, it's, it's my, my very patient engineer, who's also my video editor, says, no, it's edited. It's done. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, yeah, at some point it has to be good enough. Yeah. And, you know, at some point you just have to get it off your computer and out into the world. And I think that's where a lot of people who do have great knowledge to share with the world get hung up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, well, I'm working on it. Well, it needs this. It needs that. Oh, it needs a little tweak. It needs this. It needs that. And it's like, oh, just put it up on your website already, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, and sometimes the only way that it can actually progress to whatever the next level of its expression is to have people try it out. Mm-hmm. And say, wow, I like this, except, you know, it, it needs to be this, or I'd like it to do that, or, you know, could you make it with flashy lights and disco music? Um, right. It's like, okay, I'll consider the flashy lights, the disco music, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> you know, I survived the 70s. I don't need to do that again. Right. Um, but, um, but God, it, it's, it's one of the things that um, I love about your site is you've always got something new and interesting up. Um, and also that um, you were very good about... Um, bringing out, bringing to light work that other people are doing, um, you know, both, both people with names like Mary Greer or Rachel Pollock, um, but also um, people who are local to you or who, you know, haven't published a book with Llewellyn yet, so they're not a name, um, but they still have something interesting and important to say. And I love the fact that um, you, you, you bring all of these things together and bring them to the attention of your readers. Well, and I'm, there are a couple of things that I'm hoping to accomplish, and I don't know how, you know, and I, who knows how successful I am right now. Maybe time will tell. And one is, you know, for the for the big names, I think it's nice for people to have a personal, a more personal connection mm-hmm. with them that they might not get any other way. Mm-hmm. You know, like we talked before, they're not going to meet them in person. Right. But the other, I think, I'd like to picture it as being kind of a portrait of a tarot reader. And they don't, and somebody doesn't need to be a big name or anything but care about it deeply mm-hmm. be interesting for people mm-hmm. and i'm hoping that like in a hundred years it'll be interesting for people then to go back and see what we were doing with tarot it's changed yeah you know the, the way that you know it's 2009 we're all obsessing about what um arthur Waite and pamela coleman smith were doing a hundred years ago with you know creating the writer Waite smith deck and, you know, everybody's like researching it and doing conferences about it and writing papers about it and blogging about it and everything and in a hundred years you know maybe people will be researching you or all of us, really. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's and, yeah. you know, but because, you know, we've got things like, you know, your blog and your sites and, you know, all the podcasts that people are doing, that there'll be this archive of information that'll be easier than trying to find, you know, books that may have burned during the London Blitz. Right. <laughs> um, hopefully, yeah. you know, and, you know, but here's kind of the dark side of technology is, you know, in 10 years, all this information, all these websites, all these podcasts, are they still going to be in some kind of retrievable form? Or would have technology have morphed so much that it'll be like, well, how do we play this? It'll be like us trying to play a wax cylinder gramophone. Right. <laughs> so, um, so you know, it's things I think about at night when I can't sleep. <laughs> it is disturbing, and it makes me want to like carve something in stone on the, you know, outside of my backyard uh-huh. you know, so that could last. But you know, maybe one of our jump drives will survive. We <laughs> 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 will figure out how to, because you know that that's that's media that. That wouldn't might not get erased. Yeah, you know, and 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 well, you know, because it's 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 funny. I was reorganizing my office recently, and I've got discs from when I got my very first computer in 1985. Ugh. And I'm like, what the heck could I open these with now? Oh, without a doubt, I found some <laughs> old Mac discs uh-huh. and some five and the was it five and a quarter? Yeah, five and a half inch. Uh huh. And yeah, and, and I'm looking at this going, you know, this was Mac Write three. And what can anything open these anymore? What do I do with these? So, right. so if any of our listeners have suggestions, please write in. Lisa and I will both thank you. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and for all I know, what's on there isn't worth archiving. But I just like to know what is on there. Um, 
as I, I labeled it very carefully with the folder names, I'm like, well, what's actually in those folders? Right. What was I writing about in 1985? I don't even remember 1985, frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's more than five minutes ago. I don't know. Right. Um, but um, so, so that is also the challenge of our technology and the ways in which we choose to record stuff. And so sometimes it's like, well, yeah, let's just do a book and a deck because as you know, traditional and you know, boring as treeware supposedly is, it, it lasts. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to have a special piece of equipment to read a book or to play with a deck. So I, I have to believe that, you know, computers are here to stay, even if we're you know, I was listening to one of your previous episodes, even if we were powering it mm -hmm. by, you know, stationary bike. But, you know, <laughs> there's something we could do to produce electricity to, uh -huh. to look at things mm -hmm. computer. Yeah. yeah, it's every, you know, solar power computer, your, the top edge of your laptop case is going to be a, a, a strip of solar panel. Right. You know, I mean, you know why not? Um, I think it'd be great. Um, well, you know. aren't they producing hand-cranked laptops? Well, you know, it's you can get hand-cranked laptops. Um, you can get a hand-cranked thing for your cell phone to power it um, in case of emergency or if you just let your battery run down and you're nowhere near someplace to recharge it. Um, and, you know, well, there's actually, um, I've seen, like, backpacks and tote bags that have little solar charger panels uh -huh. to recharge your iPod or cell phone or whatever you've got. Um, which I'm like, wow, that's pretty amazing. They could put a solar panel on a backpack. And just walking around doing your day-to-day -day life, it will charge these things. <laughs> so, you know, why not a charging strip on your laptop? Mm -hmm. You know, we've got enough ambient light in our office here. You know, we, we're, we're very lucky we have these gigantic windows. We're in what used to be a candy factory. Cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, but so we, we've got these windows that are like, I don't know, 12 feet tall or something. So we've got all this great ambient light that could probably run a laptop if the laptop had that little solar panel strip at the top. So who knows? Oh, I'm picturing Oompa Loompas. Aye, <laughs> 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 um, wow. Um, that's a visual. Um, Oompa Loompas reading tarot. Um, now let's say, hey, I know. I have a new idea for, for our employees' uniforms. Um, my engineer is giving me a very strange look. <laughs> He's not required to wear one. Um, but um, but anyway, so so also speaking of computers and technology, um, you do programming as well. Yes. Which it's it's like wow, it's it's you're artistic and you're creative and you're intelligent and you also happen to have this technological ability. Um, what? How how did you did you just wake up one day and go, hey, it's all ones and zeros. I can do, I can apply this to Tarot and Kabbalah. Um no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get. I don't know how far do we have to go back in the early eighties. Oh, yeah. When I got, you know, my father brought the, our, the first computers home. It was a the one I can picture is an Osborne. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you remember those? Wow, that's... they're about the size of a microwave. Yeah. And the the screen was the size maybe like a half of six inches by six inches. Mm -hmm. And and did yours have the green characters? I think so. I can't remember if it was, and we had an amber, but that might have been our deck rainbow. We had mm. an amber monitor. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we uh, the first one I had had little tiny green characters on a dead black background. And why anybody thought that was readable, I have no idea. <laughs> it's what we had. So my first occult computer project, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny, was in when I was in junior high, mm -hmm. like, like seventh grade, wow. my dad brought home this computer mm -hmm. and I had been checking out astrology books from the library. And it's really hard. And it, the way, some of it was, I think, the way they were written. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to find information. So mm -hmm. I felt convinced if I could type in this book 
I could do like searching for words and find the information I needed. Wow. So I spent a good part of the summer doing that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Amazing. Um, ahead of your time, even then. Well, I mean, kind of <laughs> the impulse was good, but, you know, the actual application. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, software had a lot of limitations, you know. It did. didn't have the flexibility and, and the um, versatility. That... Yeah, I thought it was, <laughs> I was really cool back then when I was able to <laughs> program a, I think, a black triangle rotating on the screen. Woo. Well, you know, yeah. you have to start somewhere. And, yeah. and, you know, again, given the limitations of the technology at the time, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. So then... So I've always felt, you know, so I've always had a computer around, and they always seemed like a tool to do something that nobody else had thought of. Mm -hmm. And so you said, I'm going to write all these cool calculators. Yeah. Cool. So, so, um, so the English Kabbalah calculator... Um, that's, I, I was actually playing with it again this morning. Oh I haven't looked at that in so long. And the problem with it is, mm -hmm. is that it updates a database every time everybody puts in something. Really? And there, people put in horrible, crazy stuff. And so I have to clean Ugh. it out from time to time to time. I bet there are like 10,000 things of like profanity and crazy business in there. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, God. So what it is, is, you know, I really want the English, the English Kabbalah to work out. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that it does. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is I um, created a database and a little PHP program mm -hmm. that compares some of the predominant systems of doing it. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, you've seen it. So you can yeah. either look at one in particular or look at them all mm -hmm. and see what you like better. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I'll take this from this one and this from this one and nothing from that one. Right. <laughs> some of them just aren't very good. Or, you know, it, it's, it's just like, oh, that just doesn't resonate for me. Or, um, you know, it's like, oh, that's just too dark and depressing. I don't want to do that today. Um, do dark and depressing tomorrow. Um. I mean, I think it would be interesting, like, if you're if somebody were into the social sciences aspect of it, to see over time what people were typing in, mm -hmm. what they were curious about. Hmm. Because I, I have seen, you know, political trends go through. Uh-huh. Really, I'm, I really need to clean it out this weekend. <laughs> we're we're going to be talking about it. You know. <laughs> It really just indiscriminately, if you type in a word that's not in there, it puts it in the database to get pulled up. Oh, okay. Which can be good. Or can be complicated. Yeah. Depending on what the word is. Um, so so it, and I think it's interesting you said you couldn't have been spotting political trends. So like tied to the elections and people start typing in candidate names or issues. Yeah. Or, uh -huh. yeah. Wow. Um, have, have you noticed any kind of overall trend? You know, I'm sure that you know, probably people ask about love and money more than anything else because it seems to be <laughs> the two unavoidable topics. Right. And I, I would have to, you know, I have not analyzed it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, if somebody enters in a word that's already there, it doesn't log it again. Oh, okay. So that, you know, that would be a minor enhancement to keep track of how many people, and people will type in their names. Mm -hmm. And I've actually had a couple of people write back and say, can you please remove my name? I didn't realize it was going in. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want that in there. Wow. How funny. Um, yeah. well, it's, it, this is the importance of reading before you do anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, read. Or, you know, you have to be responsible for what you type in on the Internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <gasps> Wait, but I'm an Internet user. I shouldn't have to be responsible for anything. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's um, you know, there's a reason comments have to be 
um, moderated on all of our sites. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't think the world really needs to share. No, you don't need to share this with the world. Um, maybe you do. The world doesn't need to know. Well, um, people take the Internet as an excuse to behave badly mm-hmm. in ways they wouldn't do if they saw you face to face. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, well, I tell people, it's like, if it's something you wouldn't do in front of your grandmother, you probably shouldn't do it on the Internet. Right. And, you know, some people go, hey, you don't know my grandmother. I'm like, okay, then don't do it in front of my grandmother. (laughs) 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 She's a very conservative woman, and that just wouldn't work. Um, But, you know, it's it's like when people hang out on websites or forums or they post comments on blogs. I'm like, you know, you have to look at it as you're a guest in this person's living room. Right. And, you know, behave accordingly. You know, you're not going to set fire to the place and walk out the door. So why is it okay to do it on the Internet? And um, some people get it, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, one of the other things you did um, was the birth card calculator for the tarot school, uh-huh. um, which is great. Um, I mean, one of the things that's really interesting about birth cards is there's so many different ways to do it. Everybody right. has their own system for doing it. Um, and you know, the, the tarot school system, you end up with two cards. And a lot of systems, you only end up with one card. And, right. Or um, one card for one thing and another card for another thing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the card and it's revert- and it's like, uh, okay, this is way too complicated. We actually um, did a workshop with James Wanless earlier this year, and he's like, okay, I need everybody to calculate your birth card. He said, and do it my way. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, I know you probably know other ways to do it, but just do it my way. It's my class. I'm like, that works. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, when I'm, when I'm, I'm, I'm in a class with Ruth Ann and Wald, I use their system because it's their class. And my feeling on it is that, you know, it's interesting to look at, at all the cards that reduce down to the number mm-hmm. of your birthday. Mm-hmm. So for me, it would be the emperor, death, and the fool. Ooh. And they're all interesting in different ways. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So I'm not sold on any one way. Mm-hmm. I am sold on trying them out and oh. seeing how they work. Uh-huh. Well, it's also interesting just to see like how it comes up, and then do you get any minors that come up that have your birth card number? Right. Yeah, because you know, my, 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 my single-digit birth card is hermit. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you go to tarot school, it's hermit and moon. Um, but then, you know, my astrological birth card is star. And <laughs> it's like, okay, we're, we're, it's starting to get a little too complicated here. So um, how well do you relate to the moon? Um, you know, it's, it's um, when I was going through my tormented adolescence, mm-hmm. did it really well. Um, and then, you know, I graduated college and kind of had adult responsibilities and this and that. And that kind of all like shifted to the background. And then, but now as I'm, I'm starting to get close to, closer to my crone years, I'm starting to get with the moon again. Mm. Um, but the star, the star has always worked for me. Um, and hermit, I'm totally into. <laughs> so, you know, but that, that's just, you know, my experience, your mileage may vary with yours. Well, and mine, you know, so mine is the emperor, mm-hmm. which is Aries, my astrological sign. And mm-hmm. then death which is scorpio which is my rising sign so i relate wow. to both of those but wow. i don't know if it's i doubt that it's because of my birthday <laughs> reduction you uh-huh. know? and the other thing you know and i love doing it and i love do, doing you know reducing birthdays for readings mm-hmm. especially for people at parties who really don't have a question mm-hmm. i hate doing that kind of reading <laughs> it always is not any fun mm-hmm. But I don't know how much of it is that there's something to the number, mm-hmm. or we are every every major arcana card, and you can relate to each of them. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think I think it is because we have all archetypes in us. It's which ones are most developed, or which ones we most 
connect with, even if it's not developed within us. Um, but I think for some people, they don't feel an affinity with their birth card because it's not what's developed in them. That mm -hmm. potential is there. Um, and so, you know, what I suggest is, well, you know, if you don't feel an affinity for it, you know, is there a way to develop an affinity, you know, presuming they want to, right. <laughs> you know, they right. may not, they may not care. It's like, yeah, you know, it's, 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 you know, you know, my, my, you know, my birth card is, you know, Hierophant, don't care. It's like, okay, fine. Um, but like you said, it, it's, it's, it's a great standby for when you're doing readings and people don't have a question or they don't want to say they have a question, but there's something on their mind, but then, it, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have a question. Okay. We'll do a general reading. Let's figure out your birth card and go from there. Right. And then, you know, they can they can start seeing how tarot works. Because mm -hmm. if that card comes up later on, they're recognizing themselves and mm -hmm. deciding. The other thing that I like to do with it is, on occasion, like maybe once or twice a year, I'll get asked to read for little kids. Uh -huh. And so, yeah. And so what do you do with, like, a 13-year-old? Now, they have a lot of the same problems we have, unfortunately. The, but, they, <laughs> and they don't have the emotional skills to deal with them yet right and so what i'll do with them is i'll do kind of birth card like readings mm -hmm. where i've where I've, I've made up little cards mm -hmm. that have a talent that's associated with that card oh that's brilliant and then i give them that to go home with because i figure if i'm imprinting them with anything i'm imprinting them with something positive that's good about them and that if they believe me in any way you know that mm -hmm. is good for them what a fantastic idea lisa Wow! Can can wow! It's everybody use it. Yeah, make the world a better place by telling people that they're good at something. Yeah, no, it it it's well because we get that because um, we do a lot of street fairs and Renaissance fairs and things, and people are out there with their children, and um, we all you know one one of the requirements for my readers is everybody has a child safe deck. Mm -hmm. And it's been sanitized because um, even like in Tarot of the Children, um, the death card is just um, a child in costume and it's about masks and dressing up. Mm -hmm. But the word death is still on the card and I think that's just too traumatic. Um, so it's like, okay, take that out. <laughs> well, and you could do these little cards. If you did this, uh -huh. I guess, you could do it very tastefully and have your contact information on it. So if they take it home and it's... Uh -huh lost yeah. or in somebody else's hand mm -hmm. or they liked it in some way they yeah. you. yeah no it's, it's um well we do that we have little cards that we hand out because we let people draw one card for free and, mm -hmm. and conveniently they get to keep that and it has our contact info on the back um but i like the idea of dealing with the kids with the skill um or the positive attribute because I, I think um particularly for children um you know higher concepts yeah you know seven years old higher concepts may not be part of their brain functioning yet Right. Just because of the way human brains develop. Um, uh, so so I, I like that, and I think that's great because we, we just, you know, we use a child-safe deck, like one of the fairy decks or the children's tarot, and, um, you know, relate it to something that they can relate to in everyday life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's like, oh, the Six of Cups, this is about spending time with your friends on the playground, and they get that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, unless they're, like, antisocial and don't have friends. And it's like, okay, well... <laughs> You could spend time with friends on playground, um, but I, I think your idea is great, and um, we, I, yeah, people should do that and and give credit. Um, you heard it from Lisa. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, so wow. Um, so God, you've, you're just you're doing so much, and you've got so much going on. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? 
Um, well, the, the one thing that is a little bit new is Dina DeCastro and I are going to be doing a um, show on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, really? And it came from a number of re- reasons. One is the editing process is so arduous, mm-hmm. right, for, for, that it has kept us from doing things. Right. And w- when we get together, we will both put something out on our feed. Mm-hmm. It seems kind of awkward. It, you know, it seemed like it was time to, to actually do something together Mm -hmm. so it'll be on blog talk Mm -hmm. probably in the next month and live and so the way that's different is we don't get to do the retakes you know (laughs) (laughs) i've developed a bad habit of stopping Uh pausing and repeating myself because you know when you're editing like we do for a podcast that's how you do it Uh so it's going to be rawer but people can actually call in and be in the chat room and interact and so i'm hoping to be able to capture more of what happens when people interact with tarot, mm-hmm. not just talk about it. Mm-hmm. Wow, I love it. It's great. And so we're going to start off with continuing our series on um, tarot and the planet, mm-hmm. just because I know how to do that, and that will give us time to, to figure out the just how to deal with the infrastructure. It's right. much more low-tech than podcasts. <laughs> it's like a phone and a website. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I mean, and you just invite everybody in, and then, um, but wow, that's fantastic. And so this will be, the the dates and times will be on your blog so people know when and where? Right, yeah, cool. I haven't worked it out, and I'll, I'll announce it when that happens. But I'm kind of excited about that as a different venue. You know, mm-hmm. There are different people that listen to that kind of thing, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, because also, you know, because um, after a podcast, you know, a new one goes up, and then you probably get the same thing. People write in with questions or comments or whatever. Or not. And <laughs> it's kind of like, sometimes it feels like crickets, yeah, you well, know, because there's a, a time lag. Uh-huh. When uh-huh. you do something and when people consume it and then mm-hmm. actually bother to get back with you on that. I don't, maybe we're just lucky that we have, you know, some some really interested, enthusiastic, motivated listeners, but I always get comments when we put up a new one, and, and I'll get comments on old ones, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple months ago, I got a comment from somebody on, like, one of our first, it's like one of the first five podcasts. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, they're up and available. I don't, and you know, I'm always kind of astonished that, you know, they're like, well, I went back and I listened to every single one. I'm thinking, wow, that's great. I'm, I'm flattered. I'm honored. Um, but, but they have questions, and so I'll forward them to our guest and say, you know, you know, can you, get back with this person about mm-hmm. this question. Can you let me know? Cause I'm now I'm curious. Um, but, but maybe it's just, I, you know, I don't know if, if more of our listeners are, are, you know, curious or just more, um, connected or, or just more persistent getting their answers. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's nice to hear from people. It makes it worth doing. Oh yeah. And, and nice to know that, um, you know, people are actually listening and paying attention as opposed to just kind of listening and going, okay, check that podcast off. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, well, that's that's a very exciting development. I look forward to hearing more about that. And and I love what you and Dina have been doing with the planet. So I um, only got partway through the Saturn one, your most recent one. Which is pretty long. We, it's amazing how much <laughs> we can talk when we get going. Well, you know, it's 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 because um, I always tell people they're like, well, how long will the podcast be? And I said, well, you know, we usually keep it about forty five minutes because that's the length of an average commute. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. You know, and, and, and that makes it manageable. Um, but but some of yours, it's like, okay, I'll listen to it on this part of the commute and then this part of the commute and this part of the commute. And it's great and it's worth the time. Um, but it's funny because you guys are just like, go and go and go. And I'm like, wow, I didn't know this. And I'm like taking notes. And, you know, I. I <laughs> In went, the car? Um, no, 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 no. Well, it's if I'm driving, no. Um, <laughs> but um, we, we there's a, a, a ferry involved in my commute. 
that does not require my attention to pilot. I'm not very uh, feeling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's um. It's funny. I was listening to um one of Susan Gold's podcasts, and she's talking about doing visualizations. She said, "Now close your eyes, unless you're listening in the car." <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You know that would one would think, and yet it's probably she put that in because there are people who would close their eyes at 65 miles an hour. Right, because they were told to. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, 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 just some common sense here. But anyway, so um, well, thank you so much for your time, Lisa. This has been fun and informative. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, and and if you if you're not familiar with Lisa's site, um, tarotconnections.net. Yes. So it's tarotconnection.net. Connection, sorry. It's... And then the website for the um, the, the my color decks is tarotofcolor.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely check out Lisa's site, check out her blog, check out her podcasts. Um, it will transform your commute. Um, so anyway, thank you, Lisa. Thank you to our engineer, Christoph. Thank you to our listeners. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, please drop us a note, podcast at tarotpathways.com. And until next time, be well and have favorable cards. Talk to everybody soon. Bye.